Well, it's obviously things are a little different. Um, a lot of effort, a lot of work has gone into putting on this program. Um, so we, we need our church family to support it. So tonight at 7 o'clock, please don't just disregard it. Uh, many have practiced and worked and prayed since September uh, to put this on. So we're asking you not only to support it physically by being here, but support it uh, through prayer, that God brings people to be able to hear this great message through a program, a little different program than most, uh, but it also brings back the Word. Also, because of all this, uh, I kind of need an army to take it all down, uh, which will be Monday, somewhere around 4 o'clock. Some of the guys are able to come, but any time after that, please, um, just lots has to be done. All the band stuff is kind of shoved under. It made all the band nervous. All that stuff's kind of shoved over there. So that's all got to be brought back out. Not only brought back out, but everything has to be rechecked by the sound guys so that we can get everything. Everything you see has to disappear that normally isn't here uh, on Monday. So if you can help me, please uh, let me know. Uh, and that would help me sleep tonight. So. All right. Um, as I was thinking about the Word of God for this Sunday morning, and kind of actually since last Sunday, been obviously on the theme of Christmas. You know, this whole month is uh, bombarded with Christmas carols, Christmas shows, movies, and you can't help but, but think that uh, we need to go over these Christmas messages sometimes. And even at that, and sitting in my office, I'm thinking, Lord, how can a mere person, a mere man, kind of be able to give this uh, message and to explain how awesome uh, what you have done for us? I mean, it's like a task that almost cannot be attained by a man. In fact, it cannot be attained. So even as I start this, I'm not trying to make some type of excuse. I'm just telling you, it's got to be the anointing of Almighty God that makes this click in you. To make you understand what this is all about. Or it's just another story that you see on, on TV. So this morning's message is simply entitled, Unto You. Everything I'm going to bring out. Every aspect, every angle, every thought that God gave me. The whole reason for this whole month. That our world somewhat seems to still recognize it. God is saying, I did all this. Unto you, for you, because of you. Yes, because of the entire world, absolutely. But that can get kind of lost, that message. But he did it for me, for Joe. Everything that I'm going to read and bring out, for unto you, unto you, Joe, is born this day in the city of David, a Savior, which is Christ, Christ the Lord. A message our nation seems to be turning away from, but nevertheless, just as true today as true the day that he was born in that manger. And again, I'm going to remind you that that word Savior, that word Savior means deliverer, preserver, to make alive. Unto you, Joe, unto you this day, born in the city of David, is a deliverer, a preserver, he has come to make your life alive, worth something. 
unto you. Place your name in there. So we can see that the Word of God is truly uh, just for us. God says that this is will, will make you alive, which is Christ, the anointed, which is what I'm banking on tonight. Not my words are this morning. My words aren't going to grab you. It's the anointing that comes from God that makes these words alive because they're just for you. According to the Word of God and God's great plan unto you. He's the Lord, the Lord, the eternal being, the supreme. Just like the blind man said, one thing I know that wherein I was blind, but now I see. Just like Martha, when Martha said, I know that he shall rise again in the resurrection and in the last day. But Jesus said, no, no, Martha, you're missing it. I am the resurrection. This isn't something that's just going to happen. I do this for every soul. This is unto you. You can come alive from being dead to Christ and the Word of God today. Because he said, Martha, don't you understand? I am the resurrection. I am life. I give life. I make alive. So God has come again. Another Christmas season. Again, we bark out those great words. Unto you. And you place your name. Unto Joseph. Unto Daryl, unto Bob, unto Michael, to you, unto you, God said, I've done this. Everything that we're going to go through, God, almighty God, was moved to do it for you. That's why I sit in my office and say, God, how can a mere person get that across to people? That's impossible because we can't grasp it. We can't. Just, it's beyond us. It's just beyond us. So we trust the anointing of God. Ezekiel 36, 26 says this. This is what God will do to you. He says, a new heart also I will give you. God will give you a new heart and a new spirit will I put within you. And I will take away that stony heart of flesh, he says. And I will give you a, a, a I will take away that stony heart of your flesh, and I will give you a heart of flesh, meaning a fresh heart, a new heart, one that hasn't been run through and betrayed. God says, I'll give you a new one. And it all started by the manger scene. When God says, unto you, in order for me to be able to help you, I have to give you a new heart, a brand new heart. I mean, many times I do. I shave and look in that mirror and I think, oh my gosh, God, it kind of looks like that old guy, but you have certainly done something different. He has given me a new heart, a new spirit he's given me. Second Corinthians 5.17 nails it. He says, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Remember the message long time ago? And we said, are you in Christ? Are you just in church? Church doesn't change us. Many people go to church and they still are unmoved by the things of God, unstirred by what God has done, not even desiring to serve God. Church doesn't save you. must be in Christ. And God said, the only way is that I give you a new heart. And so all that I've done that where history has recorded has been 
for you. Unto you. That you can have this avenue, this opportunity. All this, this is insane. has been done for us. And we think nobody cares, nobody loves us. We think we're all alone. And God says all this time, do you understand? And almighty God has done it for you this day. Isaiah 9, 6 tells us, For unto us, unto you, unto me, a child is born. That whole scene that we see rehearsed over and over this time of year, even what we'll do tonight, that whole scene has been done for you and I. A child was born thousands of years ago for me to have this opportunity to live and serve God. To be given a new heart and a new spirit. It's been done for me. Isaiah tells us, For unto us a child is born. That's a promise. Unto us a son is given. And the government will be upon his shoulder. And his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. His name is called Wonderful. It was a wonderful thing he did. It also means marvelous, to be great, amazing, awesome. It was awesome what he did. Because in that work that he did, I now have the key to change. Which is Christ the Lord. And he did it just for me. I don't care how many people have betrayed you, how many have left you high and dry, how many have divorced you, walked away. God says, hey, I have done this for you. Remember what else God tells us in the Word of God? He says, hey, don't worry about it. I'm not a man. I don't act like a man. I'm God. I keep my covenants to you. It's awesome. Unto us a child is born, and his name shall be called Wonderful. His name shall be called Awesome. His name shall be called Counselor, Advice, Guide, Purpose. That's all these, all these names try to define what this Christ is to you and me. Because he is so fantastic, so awesome, he has all these names that try to define what he is to you and I. I'm your counselor. I'm your guide. I'm your purpose. I'm your advice. Psalms 32.8 says, I will instruct thee and teach thee in the way which thou shalt go. I will guide thee with my eye. God says that. That's one of the reasons why he came. Because we need guidance. Because one thing that we do great is get lost. Constantly. Forever. Bible tells us we're bent on getting lost. And so God says, I will guide you. I have come for you this day, Joseph. I will be your guide because I know that it's not in you to know what to do. And so the Lord says, I will be your purpose, your guide, and your counselor. Psalms 48, 14 says, For this God is our God forever and ever, and he will be our guide even unto death. Even when death starts to come for me. I'm trusting and counting on God. He'll guide me because I don't know what to do. Never died before. God says, no problem. I will be your guide. I will come at that point in time, even at death. 
and I will be your God forever. I just don't love you today, and I'll fall out of love with you tomorrow like we do. God says, no, I will be it forever and ever. And you can trust this God, not the world, not people beside you, not the one in front of you, but you can trust God. I haven't done this for you to this day. God did it. God has done this. In fact, I mentioned this to somebody this morning. So when I was coming over here and thinking about this message, thinking, Lord, how can you, a mere person with limited vocabulary and limited intelligence, make this thing plain and simple and for people to grasp it? And so I'm looking in the mirror and I'm just trying to fix and trying a few things. And I told God, I said, well, okay, God, your donkey's walking over. Now, now why would I say that? Because God will use a donkey to speak, right? So it's not in the person, it's in the Lord. And so as this donkey speaks, I'm trusting God that he makes it clear, even to you that have heard it and maybe preached it better, you need to hear it. Again, over and over, because it's been done for you. This great feat, this great act. I can't imagine the Lord in heaven laying down all his deity, all the Godhead, and becoming a little baby wrapped in flesh for me. That would be kind of hard for me to do. There must be some tremendous amount of love that I cannot comprehend. Guess what? There is. There is. So God says, for this God is our God Psalm says, forever and ever, he will be our guide, even unto death. Counselor also means purpose, which we brought out a little bit. People most of the time just float through life. You're born, you're raised, you go to school, you try to graduate, figure out I've got to do something, you might marry, and then you die. Just kind of it. I worked for the steel mill 30 years, drove a truck 40 years, and now we're saying some last prayer over you as we bury you. What kind of purpose is that? God said, I have come. I went through all this. I have laid down my Godhead and deity, wrapped in flesh, trusted Almighty God, so that you could understand your purpose. You have a purpose. You're not just here sucking air. God says, I have a purpose for your life. No one seems to care, though. Ephesians, or Ecclesiastical 3.1 says this, To everything there's a season, and to every time, to every purpose under heaven. God just didn't shotgun this thing and say, well, whatever happens, happens. He has a purpose, a plan. Ephesians 1.11 says, in whom also we have obtained an inheritance, being predestined according to the purpose. Predestined. A plan has been laid out according to the purpose of Him who worketh all things after the counsel of His own will. God has this purpose. He has come unto you through life's going on, then you are birthed in the world, and God has a purpose for you. But a majority of us blow it off, and we do our own thing. So you work 40 years, you buy a dog, you 
kick the cat, you root for a team, you get old, and you die. And that's it. That's what's happened to humanity. And it's, God says, no, 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 I have a purpose for you. God says, uh, you're, you're not just a member in a sea of humanity. God knows exactly who you are. According to the Word of God, He says, the very hairs of your head are numbered. Try that. Take me. I hardly have any. Still try it. Try to count my hair. Take as long as you want. You can't do it. It's impossible. It's beyond you. He whose name is purpose has a purpose for me. And many times throughout my life, I shake my head and say, why God? Why would you do that for me? I still can't grasp it after 40 years of trying to serve God that he would even care. But he does. This time of year kind of reminds us all over again. Romans 1.7 says this, To all that be in Rome, beloved of God, listen, called to be saints. That's not a statue. Called to be saints means a true believer. A true believer, not in word only or just church attendance. A true believer, one who walks this walk out, who sees it in the word and it gets corrected by the word and continues to walk. That's a true believer. Not just someone who comes to church. His name shall be called the mighty God. These are just a, 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 some of the names that he was called for you to be able to get to know who he is when they announced unto you, Wayne, unto you, Don, Rob, unto you, this mighty God has come. So they lay out all these names that he is to us. The mighty God, the powerful warrior, the champion who prevails. Unto us a child is born. His name shall be called the powerful God, the warrior God. He'll fight for you, even when you cannot fight for yourself. 1 Samuel 5, 1 tells us this. And the Philistines took the ark of the God. Philistines are always bad folks, the bad guys. And it seems like the bad guys are dominating our nation. And they're shoving anything holy and, and about Christ and salvation. They're shoving it behind the walls of the laws they want to make now. The Philistines seem to be everywhere, in every high court, in every position. So Samuel says, and the Philistines took the ark of God, which was the presence of God, wanting to remove it from their nation. Just like they're trying to today, to remove the presence of God from this nation. So they took this ark and they brought it from Ebenezer unto Ashdod. And when the Philistines took the ark of the God, they brought it into the house of Dagon and set it by Dagon, the world's God. Philistines had this false God they called Dagon. So they snatched our God in the presence and everything, ripped down those Ten Commandments. Don't talk about that. No praying at football games. Thrown it behind and then set it beside their God. Verse 3 says, And when they of Ashdod arose early on the, mor on the morning, behold, Dagon was fallen upon his face to the earth before the ark of the Lord, and they took Dagon and set him in his place again. 
Now you have to remember these names unto you. This is a mighty God, a warrior God, a God that will fight for you. Even when you have no strength and no ability. And even when you think you do, you don't. And it seems like we have none with the laws and in our nation. We're a byproduct, an afterthought. Church hardly has any voice anymore. One scandal after another after another. And so they grabbed the presence of God, threw it in a corner in front of their mighty God. And when they got up in the morning, the statue of their God was on its face in front of our God. How awesome is that? It's just awesome. And it gets better because we know us men are persistent. And so it says, verse 4, And when they arose early in the morrow morning, behold, Dagon was fallen upon his face to the ground before the ark of the Lord. And this time, the head of Dagon and both the palm of his hands were cut off upon a threshold. Only the stump of Dagon. Now, it looks like Dagon is screaming and towering over us. You just let God, the warrior, the mighty God, the one who fights for you, Dagon goes down on his face. Man props him back up, which is what man's doing, trying to prop up everything right now. And God said, takes Dagon down again. This time takes its head off in its hands. This is the God says, unto you, this reason, I have come to fight for you. I have come to be your champion that prevails. Because I can't. I can't prevail. I want to. I want to be a prevailer. I want to be a champion for God. But don't seem to have that makeup. Deuteronomy 20 verse 1 says, When thou goest out to battle against thy enemies, and you see horses and chariots and a people more than thou, be not afraid of them. For the Lord thy God is with thee, which brought thee up out of the land of Egypt. The numbers and the mass armies and the great wealth are never with the people of God. We have God. Oh man, too bad, huh? Well, we know we got God. They do have all the wealth and all the the various high places in courts and all the money and all the. We don't have nothing but God. And that's God's plan. He just wants you and him. You and God are a majority according to the word of God. So verse two says, and it shall be when you are come nigh unto the battle that the priest shall approach and speak unto the people, or maybe the pastor. And he shall say unto them, Hear, O Israel, you approach this day unto battle against your enemies. Let not your hearts faint. Fear not, and do not tremble. Neither be ye terrified because of them. For the Lord your God is he that goeth with you to fight for you against your enemies to save you. And that's the whole reason why he announces, Hey, hey, Unto you, unto you I was born to save you, to fight for you, to deliver you in these awful scenes. And this is just amazing that God would do this. You start thinking an almighty God that we always think sitting somewhere way up there thinks about I'm in trouble and he's got to come help me. Why the heck would he do that for me who serves him kind of and sort of and sometimes and what just why why would he i just don't understand that why would he because he loves me how insane is that and then i go well, wait wait 
Why? I don't understand why. He has no reason to love me. I can't give him nothing back. I'm not great. I'm not awesome. I'm not loaded. I'm not good looking. I'm not on power. Why? Why? Just, I don't understand. Why would he love me? Because he chose to. I mean, it's just, it gets harder on my head as I... So then you know what I got to do? Just believe it. Because that's what God says. Just believe me. Faith. And what do we say all the time? I, a lot of people tell me, I, don't, I just don't have faith. Well, that's not true either. You can't see it. You're blind to it, but it's been dealt to you. Right? Because the Word of God says what? To every man, every person, every soul here, in order to understand this and grasp what I'm saying, has been dealt a measure of faith. Just move out all those other cards that keep screaming at you. You're going, no, no one loves you. I can't stand you. And you look behind them. And there's faith to believe that an almighty God loves you. Okay? Now, that's first. That's first step is recognizing it. The second step is playing it, believing it. Unto me? Me? And so, I believe it. And you play it by faith. And then... All those great, good Christmas songs come to life. Hark the herald angel sings. Oh, man, you need to read the words of those songs. Holy mackerel. I remember the first time I was saved, and they're talking about salvation and repentance in Hark the herald angel sing. But it is. It's all lined up. So it's unto you all this was done. You can feel alone. People might make you, be on, shun you, bully you, not like you, not want you around. But you cannot take away the fact that God has said, I've done this whole thing for you. For you. Psalms 91.1 says this. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say to the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God in Him Will I trust? Okay, let's just line it up. What do you want to trust? Let's line up everything the world offers. Money. You want to trust money? The Bible says money takes wings and flies away. It does. What do you want to trust? The next president. Uh, the next Congress. Your job, please. The next pastor, come on. This one, please. Seriously, what are you putting your trust in? And God says, the psalmist said, I will say of the Lord, you know what? He's my refuge. You haven't done nothing for me. You haven't saved me. You didn't come. You didn't care about me. You don't know where I live. My name is not written on the palm of your hands. Like it is. You don't know how much hair's on my head. So why not? I will say of the Lord, you know what, God? You're my refuge. You're my fort. You're my fortress, my God, and in you I will trust. That's not going to church. That's believing. <laughs> exactly. 
So no wonder Luke says, for unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. A Savior, a Redeemer, a mighty warrior, one who prevails, one who has a purpose, your counselor and your guide. God, I don't know what to do. And God guides you. You're like, oh, thank you, Lord. He guides you. Jesus Christ has given me life. And even, even through that, I've stumbled and tripped and scraped knees and elbows. And he just sort of kind of picks me back up again like the uh, scarecrow. And uh, what's that movie? Wizard of Oz. Because I don't have any ability or strength or heart. He gives me everything I need. I think I'm doing it myself. <laughs> it's insane. I can't imagine what I look at. He's given me a purpose, a reason. A reason to keep barking out and yelling and getting up in the morning. A reason, a purpose. He's given me understanding. Oh my gosh, God. I didn't know this stuff before, Lord. It's insane. Understanding. Heavenly understanding. Not worldly and earthly understanding. And He has given me protection more than I could ever remember. I don't know how many times maybe God has protected me. How many people maybe were in my path ready to stab me, shoot me, run me off the road, or just punch me out because that's what people do now. But because of God's protection and anointing, something just stopped the person. It's protected me. Even if I would drop dead right in front of you, I'm protected from hell and the grave. Gee, Merry Christmas. John 9.39 says, and Jesus said, for judgment, I am come into this world. God's going to judge us, every one of us, every soul, everyone that has died, everyone that's living, and those that are going to come. Jesus said, for judgment, I am come into this world that they which see not might see. How awesome is that? Do you remember when once you were blind and now you really see? How stunning was that? I mean, it just was. The sky, the grass, the flowers. I was just amazed how everything was so beautiful. In just a few weeks more, I would just kick the stupid, get it, dumb, stupid flowers. And all of a sudden, I'm seeing the handiwork and the creation and the imagination and the unbelievable of God. And just flower. Take one flower, and then there's another kind of can't even think of this kind of petunia. There's that kind of petunia. There's this kind of petunia. There's small ones, double ones, big ones, white ones, pink ones, red ones. And we're just in petunias. And I'm thinking, holy, this God cares about me. I mean, we, we put ourselves all together as tightly as we could. And, and we can't find anything that looks familiar one to another. It's just amazing how different God creates us and makes us. Even when you're considered identical twins, you're not. Oh, no. I've seen them. They look alike, sound alike, mannerisms, but they're not alike. John 10.10 says this, I am come unto you, remember? I am come that they might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. 
Now, to the worldly thinking, you're thinking more money, more cars, bigger houses. That's not what God's talking about. Look at all those that have it. Kind of waiting with some gladness or happiness for a movie that um, is due out real soon. Normally, they were clean and nothing in them, just funny. In the museum, that movie. Night of the Museum. And it, so it's coming out soon, and we were already saying, well, when Jonathan comes, we're going to go to the special theater and all that kind of stuff. We'll have a blast. We'll laugh. And we're still going to try to do that. But I know now when I look at it, I'm going to see that Robin Williams is about one of the funniest guys in the world. Killed himself. He had all the money, all the houses. Could, go anywhere, could get up in the morning, look at his wife. I think he was still married. Look at his wife and say, let's go to Paris. And he'd be there. Let's rent that apartment up on top of the Eiffel Tower. Hey, rent it. Hey, you know what? I'm tired of this place. Let's go to Bahamas. And he's there. And he hung himself. Walk by and see this fantastic car. And just say, you know what? I want four of them. That doesn't, that's not the abundant life. It isn't. I mean, we always think in the flesh that you'd like to give it a shot. Would you really? Someone would always say to me, I don't play the lottery for fear I'll win. I am come. Christ says, I have come. I laid everything down. All godliness, the Godhead. It became a little baby for you. That you if you could get this and grasp this, really, you don't even have to do anything other than say, I want that. He's, he's done it. He's come as a baby. He's paid the price. Our crosses are kind of, there it is. He paid the price for the sin that you were stuck in. Everything has been completed. He's given you faith in your hand to see it. He's given you a word to read it, a preacher to hear it from. All you've got to do is say, I believe. You know how much grief could be stopped if people would say that? How much agony, how much heartache could be stopped if they would just say, I believe you play cards, you know, you got that one big card that just trumps everything. You know, people are going through and thinking they're going to win the game. They're going to be this fantastic thing. And you get right to the end, you go, sorry. It just destroys it. That's what the, that's God's card. Just no matter what the devil does, no matter how bad and how many right bars, left bars, how many high cards he's going to run, you got it. Sorry. You play it. Unto you. Unto you. Patrick and Stacy, unto you this day. I can testify to this. I can ask Ruth to pull off her side without me around. I, I tell you the truth, I had no friends. You think, oh, how sad. No, I wanted it that way. I didn't want any friends. That, that's that old person. Now I have lots of friends. I do. It's just, I had no goals. 
Uh, now I have a purpose. I mean, I shake my head and I know I take no credit, but still I can't believe it. I have a reason and a purpose. One who had no goals saw Ruth, went, wow, I want to marry her. That was it. No plan, no goal, no job, no nothing, no schooling, just wow. Somehow, 45 years later, God had mercy and helped me. Main thing was, I was so lost, so hard, so uncaring, so unloving. But now, I'm found. All because of what God announced unto you. Unto you is born this day in the city of David. A Savior. A Redeemer. A Deliverer. A Guide. A Mighty God. Called Christ the Lord. And He did this all just for you. Let's stand, please. Maybe Booth can play some nice soft music. Kill some lights a little bit, please. Give us an opportunity to mull this over. You know what? I know that many could say you're preaching to the choir. Uh, I don't think so. Because if the choir doesn't hear they're practicing over and over and over, they'll stink come day of singing. And if we don't understand this and hear this over and over and take time and come down and bow before God, we'll stink as Christians and it will drive more people away than ever. So this morning, again, as we rush through, it's been a blur, right? Christmas season. Hurry, 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 hurry. Still didn't got this present. You forgot the ham. Please. Take a moment. Say, God, you did this for me. Even you folks that are in the cast and you're singing, you're trying to proclaim God. And I, it could just be rush breath. Hit your part. Do your note. Do. He's done this for you. For you. This is the point now where you have the card. Those of you that believe you might say, I've, I've played that card. Well, sometimes it does good to say, you know what, Lord, thank you so much. Thank you, Lord, and please help me, Lord, to believe. Maybe we have some guests or friends or buddies or pals that have never played that card. Play it. Play it. We're going to open up these altars. We want the people of God to come. Just talk to their Lord. Talk to their Lord. And, and again, recommit and say, God, thank you for saving me. Thank you for 20 years ago redeeming me. Thank you for saving my children and now my grandchildren. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus, for what you've done for my... Thank you, God, that I understand for unto me you did all this. Thank Him. Our altars are open. Please come.